I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tech Talk underway on this chilly but sunny Saturday in the middle of January. Doug Swinhart is in, as always, and it's quite simple if you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, by all means, call the program or text the program. Here's the number, 651-461-9226. Doug, this is when winter starts to feel long. You get to the middle of January, and it's like, boy, we got a long way to go. Oh, indeed, and we are reminded this week that it can get cold in Minnesota. I think it's this drastic change that makes us notice it so strongly. Yeah, a little bit of a roller coaster ride. I, I sure do love those mild days. Hopefully everyone's dug out. And a great day to be around the computer and get some maintenance done on that computer. And if you want to talk to Doug again, you can text, and that comes right into the studio, or you can call 651 461 9226, and you'll visit with our producer, Gary Klatt, and she will put you through, and we will get you on the air. Let's start on the text line. It's already very busy there. Uh, some people got in early, Doug, and we love to see that. Um, yeah. When upgrading to Windows 11, will my files and photos transfer over automatically? They're supposed to, but under no circumstances would I recommend people just purge forward. Let's get backups. Take copies of everything that's important just in case your computer crashes and you need to start fresh. That's just a, just a given anytime you're doing anything that major with any operating system. We do that in Linux and Mac owners are recommended the same thing. Anytime you're doing something drastic, of course, you should have backups anyway of copies. But there's a good time to say, okay, I'm going to take an extra hour, hour and a half. Make sure I got everything that's important in case my com- com- computer crashes completely and I have to start fresh. Never do anything like that without a complete copy of anything important. And we we preach, we we beg people to do backups, but when you're doing an operating system upgrade, that that is probably the number one reason you would want to back up. You never know what's going to happen. Well, that's huge. And, you know, you say, well, but Microsoft should, they should just know. But stop and consider how many different combinations of configurations we have in the world. We, they don't know what people have for different combinations of hardware and software. That alone is going to affect your entire operating system. So it's just not a good idea to, to gamble. There's no reason for it today. Hard drive space is low price. Many, many people are offering online storage 
just no reason not to have several copies, especially if it's important. Yeah, and there are a lot of things you can do to properly back up. Um, if you have a Gmail account, Google Drive, great way to go, play around with it. You can't really do anything wrong. Great way to save files. They're up in the cloud, and wherever you log in with your Gmail account, uh, they will be available on Google Drive. But but even just getting an external hard drive and dumping that stuff there or getting a paid service, we've talked about those, Carbonite and others um, are, are very effective. But do yourself a favor. And even if you're not doing an upgrade to a new operating system or getting a new computer, back up those files today. If not today, do it tomorrow. I can't stress it enough. Good point. Absolutely good point. There's just no reason to gamble with it. It really isn't. Doug's joining us here on Tech Talk. And uh, by the way, uh, text, great way to go, 651-461-9226. You can also call the program, but we invite you to do it early because uh, we always seem to get uh, a lot right at the end of the program, and then we're up against the news and need to move on. So let's go to the phones now. Doug in Norwood, uh, or is it Young America? Doug, you're on the air. Hey, last week I was listening to your show, and uh, somebody called in about getting a new uh, laptop for their dad, and uh, one of the recommendations was uh, uh, Chromebook. Any specifics that a person should actually look at when getting this? I'm a very basic user. I just use it for the fun. Um, and I was just wondering if any basics I should look at, like should you get a touch screen, or is that just a preference? Well, it, really, it's a matter of personal preference, and that's why I, I recommend that you go maybe more than one place to just check them out. A lot of places have them on display. Micro Center has a good array of Chromebooks. I know that Costco has a good array. I'm pretty sure that Target has several oh, in yeah. stock. That will give you a chance to play with them and get the feel. Big thing is, is, is the screen big enough for you? Does the keyboard feel good? Is it too heavy to carry? And, and that really is a big thing with a Chromebook, in my opinion. And I hope that helps. Yeah, and Doug, we, we've talked about these devices for a long time, and you can get very high-end Chromebooks, and you, you can get Chromebooks that, that aren't much more than 100 bucks. Now, they're tiny, and if you can deal with that, fine. Once again, I, I have been very partial to HP. We actually have oh, yeah. three HPs here in the house. Uh, they're the same size. Well, one's going on six years old, and it continues to run and run and run. We have a couple others, but uh, very happy with the size of the keyboard. But HP isn't the only manufacturer. There are other Asus. There, there are a number of brands out there. But, you know, Doug, I, I just can't say enough. On, on how stable they are, how easy to use they are. And, and the simple fact of the matter is, with a Gmail account, you, you can really do a lot of things on these devices. Matter of fact, two days of out-of-the-office business meetings at my full-time job, I left my Windows laptop hooked up at work, hooked up to the monitor and the keyboard. I brought my Chromebook, and it's all I needed. Yeah, you're going to find that. I think that probably 90% of users out there, a Chromebook will do just fine. I, oh. It's got, you know, at, at, uh, when you get set up with your Gmail account, it's got a word processor that's already built in up online. A spreadsheet, photos, calendar, you got it. It's all there. And it just it just simply runs. I think, and I agree with you, I think HP is a premium. I really do. Uh, the Chromebooks that they put out, I think, are just phenomenal. 
lot of good products out there. But I, I'm a little biased towards HP. I'd be the first to admit it. Yeah, they're just a great machine. This can't do any better. Yeah, I have been so impressed by the reliability. I haven't even had to put a battery in these things uh, right. over yeah, the period they're... of time. And and I use mine a lot. Now, now granted, at the meeting, I, I brought my AC adapter, and I had it plugged in the whole time. But it did everything I, I needed to do. And here's the beauty of it. And this is what I'm still trying to uh, sell my dad on, is that, if the hardware is damaged, it's just hardware. Now, now, granted, $250, I'm not going to sneeze at that, but a $250 or a $300 Chromebook, if that gets damaged in some way, shape, or form, it's not like having a MacBook Pro be damaged or destroyed. Um, and, and that's great equipment, too, but for the, for the portability and the fact is if it does get damaged or destroyed or or you spill a Diet Coke on it, you're only out 250 bucks. Yeah, you know, I think you'd be surprised to know, Steve, that even people who own MacBook Pros and big, big computers, they'll have an extra Chromebook for when they travel. It's not uncommon. I, you know, like you mentioned, at, at two to $300, this is a lot of computer for that kind of money. It truly is. Now, again, you can go on Google Store, and you can pick up one that's just got all the bells and whistles. I mean, these things are just built to the nine. Light, touch screens, an enormous amount of memory, and I mean the big storage, beautiful machines. They really are. But if you don't need that kind of thing, there's no reason in spending the money. Get you a lower-cost one in addition to your desktop or in addition to your to your big laptop. If you got to go for a weekend, just grab the Chromebook and throw it in your in your car, and away you go. Yep. And, by the way, I happened to be in Costco maybe a week, 10 days ago, uh, picking up some Parmesan cheese and some other items. And I checked out. They have a Chromebook right now. And this has an upgraded monitor because I, I will admit, you know, it, the, the, the monitors and the lower-end models maybe aren't as bright or as clear as you might hope, but, but they had an upgraded HP with a really nice monitor, and I think that was on sale for maybe three fifty. So Oh, that's sweet. That's yeah, sweet. So, you know, there's a lot of good equipment out there, but uh, Doug and I have talked about Chromebooks for a long time, and I know we are both sold on that equipment. And for most users, particularly if you're just on the Internet, not, not doing a – a ton of stuff outside of the internet it's a great great way to go we are going to take a break we're going to come back we have a ton on the text line Uh, we're going to talk about xfinity internet uh we are also going to get into a windows 10 laptop that uh, they're having difficulty uh syncing up with with other machines and and we'll get into all of that with Doug in a moment here on Tech Talk, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Got a lot of great calls and texts already on the program, 651-461-9226. You're welcome to call. You'll visit with Carrie. She'll put you through, 651-461-9226. Or you can text, same number, 651-461-9226. And the good news is that works for all our programs Monday through Friday uh, on the morning news with Vanita, uh, Corey, uh, Chad, noon to three, Paul and Jordana, Mike Max, Henry, and Lake Knight, 
and all our programs here on the weekend. So keep that number handy, 651-461-9226. And this, this, Doug, may be one of the great questions we've had in a long time here on Tech Talk. I, I don't remember getting into this, but I think everybody's been there. They've typed an email. Uh, they've maybe put in an address or two, and they've hit send. And, oh, I didn't want to send that. How do I get that back? Question is, can an email be deleted once it's sent, or is you, it out there? Your Gmail actually has that function, but I think you have to react within either 10 or 12 seconds. <laughs> okay. you, you can undo it. It's an ad underneath the settings. I don't know of any place else, but again, it's like you better know right away that once that electronic process begins, it goes. It's we're nanoseconds once they start flying. But I do believe that uh, Gmail, if I'm not mistaken, I'll look and I'll find it for you. But I think it's in the settings where you can actually have it on there and then undo it. Well, um, and, it, and he, here's the thing, and I'll, and I'll give an example. Um, in, in my full-time job, I, I work in purchasing. So I'm sending out purchase orders all the time to various vendors. And I'm in the printing business, so we buy a lot of paper. And I'm buying paper from Company X and Company Y. And sometimes I create a PO and intend it to send to one company, but in a rush or in a hurry, I send it to the other, and that's awkward. And then I just say, sorry, and everybody gets the drill. Everybody's done it. But then there are other emails or things that maybe you write, and then it's like, should I send that? Shouldn't I send it? And you send it, and then you regret it. That that's that's an awkward moment. There are millions of horror stories on the internet about that very same thing. Yeah. Uh, people are complaining about their boss on a company email right. and hit the group instead of the instead of the one individual. Yeah, you one's got to use some caution here. I don't know anybody that used email every day that hasn't had some experience with this particular issue. I really don't. I, it's just a it's a human thing. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. I wish we were, but we're not. But this could be absolutely devastating. So, yeah, we got to pay attention. Yeah, and uh, recalling an email, once again, it's out there. And, and I think that's so important. We, when we take a step back and remember email um, or social media posts, and all of that sort of stuff, once it's out there, Doug, I hate to say it, but I have a feeling some of this stuff will live forever. As much much as people want to apologize or try and take it back, there's a permanency to it because you never know who took a screenshot. You never know who uh, downloaded a copy. And people need to be aware of that, that once it's out there, it's out there. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, there are, yeah, there really isn't hardly anything left in privacy. We try to make it so, but it, it, no. With the way that we kind of did it to ourselves. Well, we want this for free and this for free. Well, they got to make money. So they make money by selling our information to advertisers. And, and we've kind of, and there's no way to unring that bell. Uh, today, every network packet that's on the internet is being saved somewhere. It's, it's just that simple. It's just, it really is. Whatever you do on the internet, you might as well think that you're standing downtown Minneapolis in the middle of the afternoon on top of a car with a loudspeaker uh, and screaming at the top of your lungs. It's going to be there forever. It really is. 
couldn't yeah. say that any other way more clear, I don't think. It's just really, really use some caution. We, we just have to be cautious. That's it. And if you're angry before you hit send, walk away. Think about it for a while. Uh, may, maybe sleep on it before you hit send. Uh, might be the best advice I can give. Uh, Doug, what do you think about Xfinity Internet? I currently have, from our text line, currently have CenturyLink. No possibility of fiber. I'm kind of locked in at uh, pretty below speed right now for CenturyLink. What are your thoughts on Xfinity? Well, if that's the case, I would upgrade immediately. I, I think that the highest speed Internet that you can afford it will pay for itself time and time and time again, month in and month out. Uh, and there are some serious differences between um, Xfinity and, and CenturyLink. CenturyLink is a DSL, of course, everybody knows this. And that connects to its users with what's called a star configuration. Now, you see the little pods out in the backyard. And there's probably five, ten houses that connect that little pod. Well, your signal leaves the house, goes to that little pod, goes directly to... CenturyLink and connects immediately to the backbone on the internet. Where with Comcast, it's a piggyback. Goes from house to house to house to house in 256 houses, and then it changes to like blocks and sections. And there are three places in North America where we all connect to the backbone, and one of them is down for maintenance all the time. So there's a, a thing with Xfinity that people don't seem to discuss much, but it's called network latency. And if you've got fiber optics on a CenturyLink and you've got 40 gigabytes, 40 megabits per second, that's a great, great connection. And it's probably going to be more consistent without the highs and the lows. Now, with Xfinity, once you hit that link, once that pipe opens up, well, at my place, I've got a, I got a megabit. That's 1,200 megabits per second. And I'm usually averaging about 500 to 600 but if I open up that pipe and download something big, this thing just opens right up. It's amazing how fast that stuff comes down. So they both have their advantages, both have some disadvantages. But if you're in an area where you're limited and you can't get on the fiber, if you can't get 20 megabits per second, I think it's a no-brainer to either be looking at Xfinity or you might also want to check out Starlink. And great, great question. I love that question. Yeah, and Starlink, they continue to launch and, uh, they are uh, aiming to be uh, up and running here in uh, 2022. Uh, once again, Starlink, Elon Musk uh, launching a bunch of low-level satellites. And I saw a tweet earlier in the day from Elon Musk said that uh, they, they continue. They, their newest satellites communicate between satellites by laser, and they're going to be oh. activating that stuff pretty soon. So they are making headway. I think this is going to be a force to be reckoned with, not only in the Internet industry, but in the telephone industry. He's talking about coming out with his own set of cell phones. Won't need iOS, won't need Android. It, the way it sounds, you're going to be running a phone that's running Linux. And that, he's just a fraction away. Once those phones get done, you watch. He'll start carrying TV signal, too. And that's going to create a whole new level of competition throughout the entire North American region. I look forward to this. I truly do. I think this is going to be a good thing for everyone. 2.30, quick break. We'll have the weather, more tech talk with Doug. We have a lot of techs lined up. Um, we're going to talk about uh, texting. And uh, we're also going to uh, talk about 
Uh, we didn't get to the Windows 10 machine. We got a couple of Windows 10 questions. Uh, Doug spent a lot of time working with Windows 10 machines. Goes without saying. We'll get into all of that following the weather break here at News Talk. E3OWCCO. Tech Talk. Boy, our text line is really busy today, and it's always great to see you. 651 461 9226. You can call as well if you want to talk to Doug. 651 461 9226. And as promised, uh, we want to get to some of those Windows 10 questions that we had uh, before the break. I recently bought a Windows 10 laptop. I installed iTunes on the new laptop. Now the laptop nor iTunes recognize my iPhone or my iPod. What could be going on? And that that can be super frustrating, Doug. Oh, boy. This is uh, probably not going to be able to answer that. This is, first thing I'd be looking at is the network settings. Uh, Apple uses their own network protocol called Bonjour, and they will conflict with PCs at times. Um, there's no way to actually put a finger on who's to blame. It's definitely a combination of Windows and and um, and Apple. Um, this is this is difficult. I think I would probably be searching for a different alternative. And if you've got an Apple device, use iTunes on that and do your buying through your iTunes store and that kind of thing, and just transfer it to the Windows machine. You can even do that with iCloud. Find a different alternative for a PC. I would probably recommend Audacity. It does everything you want to do, and it's simple to run, and you can download it for free. And Windows Media Player will play nearly all the media. But I and I know I can't answer this for sure, Steve. But it often looked to me like there might be a little bit of corporate wars going on there. Mm. They're both good companies. They both know what's going on. They both know what to do. But this this has been an ongoing problem for well three plus decades. Yeah. And probably not going away anytime soon because no. some of these marketplaces, particularly when you get into iTunes, this is lucrative business. Oh. Um, we all remember way back in the day when everybody bought records and then uh, cassettes and then CDs. Well, much of that business, so I know vinyls made a comeback, but much of that business has moved online. And it is very, very lucrative, not only for the record industry, but the people that provide these services like iTunes, et cetera. Oh, you bet. This is a huge, huge business. Anything to do with movies, music, any type of entertainment is enormous amount of money involved. So, yeah, this is um, there's a, there's absolutely a reason for it. But if this people want to get a hold of me, I can work with it. We could probably make it work. Uh, but there are some alternatives that you might want to be aware of. And it will be ongoing probably with this computer as well. I wish I had better news, but I don't. Yeah, and, and that is good luck. I, I, I think if if you have it working, chances are with an iTunes account and you have an iPhone and you, you have, for instance, would you bring in AppleCare at that point in time and get a hold of them because their support's generally pretty good? Oh, Say, okay, I, I got it working on, on my Windows laptop, but I can't get it to work on my iPhone that that Apple's probably going to help you out there. Oh, no doubt. And there's a thing in iTunes where you have to register that piece of equipment with Apple on their server. And I know there's been some issues with this as well lately as well. This can be a, a daunting thing. Uh, you know, Microsoft, I believe Windows actually sees that as, as an invasive move by somebody that's just slapping something in their computer. It's not 
actually a cookie. It, it, there's more to it than that. And at the flip side, Apple says, well, we're not going to, if you don't authorize this piece of equipment, we're not going to let you connect. And I think sometimes that confusing thing, it keeps on trying to do its thing with what it was ordered to do, but it can't, and you end up with a loop. These little loops that you can't see are the most deadly to find. Once you find out what's going on, you can stop it in a hurry. Like I say, I wish I had better news, but there's some conflicts there. Tech Talk with Doug continues here on News Talk, A3OWCCO. By the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program. We always get texts on that and people wondering. We'll have Doug's phone number and email right at the end of the program before the news at 3. So stick around for that. Uh, Back to Windows 10 in a moment. Here's a good one. I have some brand new in sealed spindles, CDs, and DVD-R media. They're unopened. After about 10 plus years, are they still good? Oh my, that's probably better than ones you could buy today. Right? <laughs> I was thinking, I, I, you, I you would like wanna, to have those. Yeah, you might want to put them on eBay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Some, of the, some of the new, older equipment, um, or new, how do I say this, Steve, the proper way? Unused. Uh, it's old, it's outdated. I, I, I've actually ran into a, a 2012 iPhone. Um, MacBook Pro, never opened, never been used. Well, that thing ended up selling in California for $5,000. It was amazing. Yeah, this is uh, some of this older equipment, the way it was being built back then, and the DVDs and CDs are the same way. Uh, the newer ones, they're coming off the production line, bang, 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 it's like USB flash drives. We don't trust them as much as we used to, unless you step up and buy one a little more expensive that you know is going to get more life. And I'm seeing the same thing with DVDs. I go out and I buy the cheap ones. I just expect that about every fifth or sixth one, I just toss in the garbage. But you save so much money on them, and if you only use them a couple of times, it doesn't matter. But those that they've had, I'd like to have them 10 and 15-year-old ones. I, I wish I'd have bought some back then. Good text. Excellent text. And, and they'll still work. They're, I mean, they, they oh, yeah. don't degrade over time. I mean, they, they, they are still writable. And... That is a backup thing that we've lost track of, that that if you're able to burn photos or important documents to a DVD, that's pretty stable. Oh, it is. And, and in fact, you can actually buy expensive writable material, and it's called archival. And that gets way expensive. They'll guarantee it lasts for 200 years for archiving only. Very, very high buck. But it's definitely there. It's a great media. It really is. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Still works. Those, those oh, sure. DVDs and CDs. I, I still listen to CDs occasionally in the pickup truck. I, I'll pop them in, and they, they work great. And and the audio quality, pretty darn good. That, oh, absolutely. For sure. uh, you just don't want to scratch them. Uh, you yeah. want to avoid that. Uh, okay. Uh, let's get back to that other Windows 10 question we had uh, mm-hmm. and we talked about before the break. Uh, HP 15, Windows 10, 500-gigabyte laptop, very, very slow to start up and operate. Uh, now what? Is this thing repairable? It, you know, when, when something boots up slowly, runs slowly, what could be going on? Well, you know, the big thing here, and I know you know where I'm going with this, Steve. I know you do. I, I would pick up a solid D drive, and you could get a 250-gig on Amazon or at Micro Center, somewhere around $30, $30. Uh, pop that baby in, 
and install a new operating system. You might want to do Windows 10 and Linux. For sure, for sure, you're going to want to put Linux on here. That alone will accelerate your computer unbelievably. I would go ahead and take it apart and clean it. and Don't throw it away. It's probably a much better equipment than you think. Uh, your drive is probably backed up. Your operating system is overloaded, and it's taxing the system. Probably more computer than you know. And memory for that particular machine is probably dirt cheap, in case you want to max out the machine with RAM. Oh, I think that was, that's a perfect machine. I love stuff like this to work on. You'll find that this is going to be long-living li long if you take care of it and just get it running properly. People's machines slow down, and they think that their computers, their hardware, is wearing out. That's not the case. Usually it's just bloated. Bloated operating system, too many things running in the background. Your hard drive is beginning to slow down because it's working so hard trying to find the data that's scattered all over. No maintenance. Uh, but just a little bit of maintenance would make it go faster. But as long as you're into it, for $30, that hard drive, the, to a solid-state drive, they take a fraction of the power of a spinner. They create virtually no heat, the 2.5-inch ones, it's really for a laptop, it's a no-brainer. It really is. I'd suggest that you try to save that machine. Don't be, if you throw it away, throw it my way. I'll take it. Yeah. And, Doug, we talk about this frequently on the program, that there are a lot of great options to keep good, solid, older computer equipment operating and doing what you need it to do. Uh, we brought up Linux before. Just because the machine's a little bit older, five, six, seven years old, there's no reason for that thing to go in the scrap heap. Oh, my, no. You know, and Linux is a perfect scenario. Uh, the Linux uh, is uh, very robust, um, low resources, it's stable, it's secure, and there's a plethora of Linux distributions out there that have been built from the ground up to be run on older machines. Uh, now, Linux Mint serves the entire Linux community. The, the Cinnamon desktop is very, very graphical. It's as sophisticated and top shelf as any operating system you can find on the planet. At the same time, you can use the one that I usually use on computers, is XFCE desktop, and that's really low resource. That makes nearly every computer that's five, 10 years older run three to five times the speed, even on the internet. I mean, there's just a absolute definite increase. Test them out and play with them. But those machines, if nothing else, would be perfect for testing. Absolutely perfect. They're, most people have more than one computer today, especially if they're getting to a point with their confidence level where they want to start playing around with installing a new operating system or upgrading the memory. and play. But don't do it on a production machine. The machine you're using to pay your bills, if it's running, leave it alone. Ain't broke, don't fix it. Find one to tinker with and tinker. I couldn't encourage it more. Great, great tech, Steve. Quick break. We're going to come back. We have a lot more text here on the program. Uh, we are also going to uh, talk to Doug about uh, a little more on Comcast Xfinity Internet. And we are also going to talk uh, in more detail on some ideas on how to speed up computers that maybe aren't running their best. And we'll we'll have Doug amplify some of those thoughts coming up after a break here on News Talk E three O W C C O Tech Talk on Saturdays, sports schedules permitting, of course. 
And Doug joining us between 2 and 3 o'clock today. We'll have Doug Swinhart's phone number and email at the end of the program. We want to jump right back to the text line, and we've had a ton of those uh, today. Uh, quick follow-up on getting an older computer that's maybe slowed down, slow on boot up, um, operating slowly. Doug, give us a, a few quick tips on maybe how to speed that up and keep that machine running. How, how do you clean it up and, and get it optimized? Uh, well, today, you know, if you've got a Windows 10 machine, probably the best thing that you can do that wouldn't cost you a nickel would be Provisor. P-R-I-V-A-Z-E-R.com. That is really the cream de la creme for cleaning out your system, reorganizing your files, getting rid of the temp files, just the absolute optimum. I've seen increases of 10, 15 percent just downloading and running that. If you got a little money, of course, the solid state drive would be the way to go. But the next big thing would be just clean up your what's running in the background. Take the files off your desktop. You shouldn't be saving them there. Save them on your hard drive and then create shortcuts. If you put too much pressure on your resources, it will automatically slow your computer down. And most of that can just be reversed in an hour, hour and a half. But if something simple, that pervasor, that's that's my baby today. That's my go-to on every Windows machine. It's just such a wonderful product. And it's still in uh, open source, but I think it's going to go commercial pretty soon. And that's P-R-I-V-A-Z-E-R.com. Perfect. I hope that helps. Yeah, very good. Uh, sad note uh, from our text line. My sister passed away before Christmas. Her Apple products are password protected. How do I go about unlocking those items to uh, see what the family needs to take care of? I know for sure that Apple will respond if you get a hold of them with, um, and you have to send them copies of her death certificate and that kind of thing. It's not the most comfortable to do. They will help you. But you got to prove who you are. And you'd have to probably be an administrator um, of her estate. Um, other than that, it can be done. You can take the hard drive out and you can connect it to a Linux machine. There are commands that will actually mount the drive in a read-only format so you could copy the data. Uh, it's doable. Not quite the topic we could take up on radio today. Uh, it's a little bit involved, but it can be done. I've done it several times myself. So uh, that's, those are your options. I would go the Apple route first, try to contact them, just explain to them the situation. They'll tell you what they need to, to, to work with you and go from there. That's probably your simplest way to go. You want to save the machine too, I would think. Yeah. That's a, a good, good text, good text. And, and that is, unfortunately, it's a reality. And uh, people have items password protected. And um, as you pointed out, there is a mechanism. These companies will help, but you need to verify identities and provide documentation, et cetera. But uh, I know financial institutions, et cetera, uh, will we'll step in and, and help in those circumstances. So as long as you prove who you are and you're not trying right. to get at something you don't have any right to. Uh, right. But this is uh, this is happening, happening quite frequent. You know, people are taking care of themselves, getting all ready, and having everything all laid out for in planning for their death. But they forget about their password accounts. And people, well, I got to pay my bills. I got to take care of this. I can't get into the bank. Yeah. So have someone associated, or at least possibly a list of your of your login credentials with your lawyer. But that's something else that we're seeing needs to be addressed even in estate planning. You know, it, that, that is a great point. 
And, you know, Doug, this, this is something we've never talked about on the, on the program before. And I know we want to keep our passwords private, and rightfully so. We, we mm-hmm. just don't want them on a piece of tape on the keyboard or anything like that. <laughs> then what's the point? But beyond that, um, having it accessible to a loved one or an executor or an attorney, the, the person that maybe holds your will, key passwords, financial information, uh, mm-hmm. being able to get that 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 is a great great point we've never brought it up on the program and i i think we need to explore that more uh in future programs and maybe maybe get an attorney on and, and i'll work on that this week maybe we can do it next week but i think this is a great topic uh, how how do you take that information and make sure that a loved one or or someone who's helping settle your affairs has access to that because more and more of it's going online Oh, I've had a lot of this uh, gone on the last decade, two decades. Uh, people call, well, this is what I got. And several times they get behind on making payments because they can't access them. Uh, they got the money to do it. They just can't access the person's account on either the vendor side or the bank side. It, it gets pretty complex when you start trying to convince people that, well, this is what I want to do. That they're automatically going to protect that account holder, even if they're gone, until they prove that they're gone. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Uh, we we have a follow up to Starlink before we run out of time, and that is Elon Musk is building that network of low level satellites. There's almost two thousand in orbit. Um, mm-hmm. They they continue to get this system up and running. The one thing we do know, equipment's going to be about five hundred bucks. It's going to be about a hundred dollars a month. They're wondering about installation. I don't know that. I know I wouldn't be comfortable climbing around on my roof, putting up a dish and that sort of thing, but I would assume if you sign up, you, you could have an install done. That, well, that's that, actually, actually I, I, I've learned about that, Steve. Okay. There really, nobody has to come out. They will send an app to your smartphone. You take that app outside with your smartphone, and it locates the best place in your yard. As You hold your phone about, about the distance off the ground of your knee. So you got to bend over a little bit, but you'll walk and it'll show you the exact spot, planet. It's all DIY. Uh, now, and something else too. I know for certain, I know this, that the numbers that he's putting out for bandwidth, he's very conservative, which is very unique in our business. You know, usually, oh, we said give you the world and uh, about half what you, what you pay for. But this, I think you're going to see some tremendous speeds out of this. Without any latency of wires or cables, I think when he gets this thing tuned up, it's going to move. It's really going to move. And I'm hoping that the people who help him get rolling are treated as loyal customers. And he's even talking about that. So I think it's going to be a better value than what it might look like to some okay. folks today. All right. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And you and I agree on one topic. We agree on a lot, but we agree on this competition is a good thing and anything that may drive the cost down for all of us and improve service is a good thing uh doug we've got to run we certainly want to get your phone number and email out there how do people reach you during the week ah thank you 651-552-9543 and of course admin at wccotech.com admin at wccotech.com 651-552-9543. Thank you, Steve. Have a good week. All right. There he is, Doug Swinhart. Tech Talk each and every Saturday, sports schedules permitting. 
between 2 and 3 o'clock. A lot of great calls, a lot of great texts. Big thanks to Kerry Clatt, our producer. We have all the news. We have all the weather. And then we'll talk HVAC heating coming up following the news. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.